this week's edition for the Wise Up Podcast. This is your host, Azra Siddiqui. As a reminder, Wise Up is my platform to educate the South Asian and Muslim communities about Texas and national politics. You can follow me on social media, such as Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Our handle is at WiseUpTX, W-I-S-E-U-P-T-X, or you can check out our website, www.wiseuptx.com. Remember, everyone. Get educated, get wiser, and start giving a hoot. All right, so this week's segment is called The Elections Are Coming. And you must be wondering, wait, didn't the election just happen in November? That is correct. That was for voting for who would become the next president and for your House of Representatives and your Texas Legislature representatives. That's who you voted for. So the elections that are coming up right now are going to be your city council elections. Um, I'm speaking for those that are residing in the state of Texas. So if you're outside of Texas, your elections uh, may be different. But if you're residing within the Dallas, Houston, um, San Antonio, Austin area, there are some elections coming up in May. And the deadline to register to vote is in April, early April, so it's only in a couple of weeks. So if you weren't able to vote in the November election, then I highly recommend you all to register to vote by April 6th so that you will be able to vote for the election early May. And um, we have quite a few South Asians running for office, and I hope to discuss that later on in this segment. Uh, Radio Azad will be hosting uh, many of these people that are running for office, um, they'll be having a lot of interviews with them. So make sure you're ready to wise up on all of the future um, candidates that you'll be listening to. All right, but first, let's start with the news of the week. I'm going to start with the national news. I'm going to start with the biggest news that came out yesterday. And that news essentially was that um, the FBI is investigating President Trump and his campaign for any alleged connections with Russia. Um, As you all may have seen in the news that um, the FBI director, Comey, had essentially stated that they were investigating President Trump. They had actually been investigating him starting in the summer of 2016. And... They still hadn't, um, I guess, concluded the investigation to, you know, give a sufficient conclusion of what they believe to have happened. Now, we had heard rumors that there was an investigation going on, but nothing of substantive evidence was proving that. Um, so it was, of course, all conjecture. Um, I think it's interesting to note that, you know, if... Comey was aware of the fact that investigations had been going on for so long. Why wasn't that information handed out to the public? Whereas, remember, 11 days before the election, he had stated that they were investigating Hillary Clinton's uh, email server situation again. Um, I'm surprised that no Democrats uh, that were on the panel bothered to raise this question at all. It's very shocking, very surprising. That's definitely something I would have wanted to um, ask as well. Um, The FBI also declared that President Trump's um, comments about the Obama administration hacking into, um, excuse me, not hacking, but wiretapping him and his campaign was absolutely false. 
they have said that there was no evidence to support this conclusion. Um, in essence, if you follow President Trump on Twitter, this is in direct um, contradiction with what he's been tweeting. Um, I think we can wait um, and see how President Trump intends to tweet in the next couple of days in response to the hearing that happened today. Uh, also in national news, the Supreme Court um, Justice uh, had their initial confirmation he hearing in the U.S. Senate. Um, remember, Gorsuch was um, nominated by President Trump to uh, replace Antonin Scalia's uh, seat. And if you all may also recall is that um, President Obama had nominated Merrick Garland and that nomination didn't go anywhere. And it seems that Democrats are intending to really put up a fight this time because they feel quite upset with the way um, Merrick Garland had been spurned by the Republican Party. Also, last week, uh, President Trump proposed um, his budget and it seemed to come to some mixed reviews. Um, he called for large increases in defense and homeland security spending, and he had a sharp reduction for many domestic programs. If you are a Republican who is fiscally conservative, um, for many of them, they were primarily happy with the fact that many domestic programs were being cut. Um, and while I understand that because I do feel that our budget is in a deficit and, um, you know, you can't continuously spend and spend and it's easy to say, well, this person's going to be left out and that person's going to be left out. And while those are, you know, true statements, there comes a point where you have to make cuts in order to um, budget the nation's economy. But I guess my main issue with the budget is why is there an increase in defense spending when we spend more than the next eight countries combined in defense spending? I don't see the need for us to spend even more. Um, I think when you're cutting domestic programs, you would have had a better receiving of the budget if you're cutting everything across the board and it was fair and equitable. Of course, everyone is going to grumble at some point, but um, when you're increasing in one area and cutting everything else, that seems pretty drastic to me. Uh, it seems that this budget most likely is not going to pass, but it'll be intriguing to see how the Republican Party intends to go about this budget. Um, of course, with regards to Homeland Security, you know, Donald Trump is seeking billions for a physically imposing border wall with Mexico um, and spending on environmental protection, medical research, job training, foreign aid and safety net programs would be cut. Uh, one of the big uh, things that people are really upset about is Meals on Wheels being cut and also um, programs such as PBS and NPR receiving a lot less funding. So that's really devastating to see. I did want to note, you know, I've been reading a couple of the conservative think blogs. Um, some of them are the Heritage Foundation or the Cato Institute uh, that, you know, have been discussing the budget. And while some of them um, aren't really ecstatic about the increase in defense spending, you know, they, they do like the fact that President Trump has, you know, cut down other programs while allocating the money elsewhere um, and they compare that to President Bush Jr. who had increased defense spending but kept the same amount of money 
um, going into the different programs, which essentially increased the deficit. So I think they seem to be a bit wary. Uh, some of them also did point out that while many people are very upset about the Meals on Wheels program, um, the funding being cut out, that it is actually primarily funded by states and only 3% of federal funds go towards Meals on Wheels. So it's, you know, they kind of had a snarky statement that if you're so upset about Meals on Wheels being cut out, you are more than welcome to donate personally, which you can do. Uh, I thought, you know, that statistic was kind of interesting because I feel like sometimes, you know, we can all be, with our social media, get into an echo chamber and only hear the facts um, on one side. So while you may not agree with President Trump, that doesn't mean that all Republicans um, are, you know, have the same thinking as him. And, you know, they do have some valid points and it's always good to look into that. Just something to note. All right, now the House of Representatives is preparing to vote probably as soon as this Thursday on the Republican health care plan. Um, it is a proposed replacement for the Affordable Care Act and would increase the number of people without health care by 24 million over the next de decade while slicing $337 billion off the federal budget deficit. And this information is from the Congressional Budget Office, uh, which is a nonpartisan um, office which works to showcase the pros and cons of each um, legislation on the federal side. So it seems that um, Donald Trump and the Republican leaders agreed to add some significant changes to Medicaid uh, that could limit federal funds for the program and impose work requirements on some beneficiaries. Um, it has been noted that, of course, the Democrats are not in favor of this plan at all. Uh, a lot of Republicans have been facing a lot of backlash at their town hall meetings. Case in point is Representative Pete Sessions from Richardson held a town hall uh, this past weekend to 2,000 people and faced a lot of backlash when it came to the health care proposal and what he intended to do with it. Last but not least, um, what I think was the most interesting to note was, you know, the congratulations Congressional Budget Office, the one that gave the statistic of how many people would lose insurance, and also many of the conservative think tanks, such as, you know, Cato Institute and the Heritage Foundation, who are the two leading, leading conservative think tanks, were very much against this policy. Uh, many of the doctors were also against um, this new uh, legislation. So I'm curious to see if this is really going to go through or if it's kind of like this hoax played um, by the Republican Party to be like, yeah, we tried to repeal it, but we weren't able to do so. Um, and so that they don't really take the blame um, for it. Because as you know, that for the longest time, President Obama's um, health care, Obamacare, has been... Um, very much reviled by the Republican Party, and they've always campaigned about repealing it. So maybe this is something, you know, they politically had to do, but they really don't want it to go through. So I am very curious to see how this is all going to um, span out. All right, so now let's move on to the Texas legislature news. Uh, the Texas legislature is currently in full swing now, and there are multiple committee hearings every day, and a lot of bills have started to go out onto the House and Senate floors up for a vote. 
Um, one of the big bills that got passed in the House um, was to ban texting while driving. Um, if you live in Austin, you already know that this is a city ordinance, but they would make this statewide. So this means that you would not be able to use your phone while you're driving. Uh, thankfully, thanks to technology, many of our phones are connected through Bluetooth. Um, so this way you're not really having to use your phone or have your hands on your phone and you can still answer your calls that way. But they're definitely going to try and pass that. Um, while it's passed in the House, um, it still has to go through the Senate um, before it becomes law. Also, you all have heard about Senate Bill 4 with regards to sanctuary cities. Um, if you haven't heard about it, it's essentially um, targeting um, immigrants or more so illegal immigrants. And it's basically stating that um, cities that don't ask people when they're arrested or um, anything of suspicious nature about their um legal status, um, they would not receive state funding. And so those are called sanctuary cities. And so their Texas government is essentially trying to eliminate that. And it's become a very contentious issue and hotly um, debated topic. Um, it definitely passed in the Senate and it has gone over to the House side where they had testimony last week. I believe it lasted long, long into the night. Um, you know, they had over 600 people, you know, testifying on this bill, so you can only imagine how long that was. And it hasn't necessarily been passed out of the House, although I think it could be. There are talks of them, of the House committee, uh, attempting to amend this bill and make some changes. So that's something to see if they'll actually do so, and if they do make those changes and it passes, it'll be interesting to see if the Senate... Um, therefore has to accept the changes if they will or not because they have a much more hardline status with regards to um, illegal immigration. Also, um, a couple weeks ago, there was a 13 plus hours of emotional testimony largely in opposition of the Texas bathroom bill, which is Senate Bill 6, and it would require transgender individuals to use their multi-cell bathrooms and locker rooms in schools and other government buildings that match their biological sex, as well as mix, as well as nixing some local anti-discrimination laws. And um, our governor hasn't really weighed in on that, but it seems the Speaker of the House has stated that that uh, bill doesn't intend to go anywhere. And if you recall in my previous segments, I've discussed how uh, this could be very, very detrimental to t the Texas economy because many big businesses uh, intend to draw out of Texas if this bill does pass. The Texas House also unveiled a $1.6 billion plan uh, that would be one of the first steps to overhauling the state's uh, school funding system. Uh, the school districts urge the House lawmakers not to create winners and losers as they work to revamp the state's public school funding system. Uh, last session, they had kind of like a grading scale um, on how schools were performing, and based off of that grade, uh, that is how they would um, attain funding, and a lot of schools did not like that at all. So it seems like they're trying to do away that with that provision along with adding more money and funding uh, to the Texas public school system. Uh, again, this will also be very, very intriguing to watch because the Texas Senate is really pushing for um, vouchers and privatizing education. So 
I think this is going to be a huge battle ahead. So if you definitely have thoughts on education, I highly recommend for you to contact your local Texas state rep and your Texas senator as well to discuss with them um, how you feel would be the best way to attain the best education for your child because your reps are there to represent you. So they're there to hear your voice, your thoughts, and your concerns. So make sure you utilize them. And another... Uh, topic with regards to education. This is on higher education and how it's funded. The Texas Senate Finance Committee is proposing cuts to each state university. Uh, the panel gave initial approval to budget items that would cut $180 million from state-funded pre-K in favor of a $40 million public-private uh, partnership. So as I stated before, the Senate is not really focusing on um, public education. They're attempting to privatize it. Uh, furthermore, they're, they and the House are um, in the talks of you know cutting a certain amount of money to the, each state university. And many of the state universities, including like UT, A&M, UT Dallas, um, are pretty upset about this and really, really worried if this does pass because it would be very detrimental to them. And of course, um, for those of you who have kids going to these schools, this is going to make a major impact on perhaps the type of education they receive, given if teachers stay or go, um, the facilities that are there. So this is very, very important. And it's something, you know, for the South Asian community, we value education so much. It's why so many um, of us and our parents immigrated here. So this is something to really, you know, keep a close eye on. I believe this and um, education, public education, if you're a huge advocate for it, are two things that I think are very, 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 very important for us to keep a lookout on and make sure that um, we are talking to our representatives to tell them how we feel and make sure that they're voting the way that we'd like for them to vote. All right, so I briefly wanted to discuss um, about the upcoming elections, and you may be wondering, you know, what are city council elections, what do they do, um, why should I care, and, you know, what type of impact will they make on me? First of all, I know you must be all frustrated, like, man, elections again, I have to go out again, and yes, I know it can be a tiring process, but remember, you know, these people are helping to advocate for the changes that are made into your city. And that's very important to note because you obviously want the best of what is happening in the city that you are currently residing in. So certain things that, you know, they will help vote on is, you know, urban planning and development, economic development, um, like the police and fire department, public transportation, infrastructures, libraries, recreation centers, ordinances, um, neighborhood, street maintenance, water and sewer. I mean, all those little things that you see happening to keep a city running smoothly, that's what the city council is essentially responsible for. Again, each city has a different um, number of members in a city council, you know, they can range anywhere from five to nine members, uh, even more than that, depending upon the city. There's always a mayor as well, and some of you may also be voting for a mayor in your city, and sometimes the mayors are a voting um, person within the city council. Some of them aren't. Some of them have very strong veto powers. Again, that is different. Uh, per city, so it's always great for you to wise up and figure out how your city council works. Uh, they also have town hall meetings, I think, at least twice a week. Um, you 
are should be able to attend them and voice your concerns um, if you see anything happening especially with what's been happening recently with the anti-muslim sentiment uh, you can see that um, attending city council meetings would be pretty important because you know if the city sees their constituents uh, they can definitely try and pick a fight with state legislators. Uh, you kind of see that happening with, in Frisco, though it's not city council, it's their superintendent. Um, it seems that Attorney General Ken Paxton is, you know, a little worried about uh, the prayer room that's been happening in Liberty High School. Uh, this accommodation was made so that Muslim kids could go and pray, and um, he felt maybe perhaps there was some religious discrimination. I highly recommend for you all to read the Frisco superintendent response. Uh, they did a brilliant response. They were saying, you know, we allow people to pray. We're doing religious accommodation. If those people who are not Muslims uh, would like to come in and learn, they're more than welcome to do so. There's no restrictions at all whatsoever. So this is the type of, um, you know, response like local government uh, can can give to the state legislature. That's why it's also very important for you to get involved in these local elections, you know, to essentially, you know, they have your back that if state legislators are, you know, saying something, the city council can say, well, no, we've spoken with our constituents. Uh, they feel that it's this way and this is something, you know, we want to uphold for them. So you all may be wondering, you know, what all will you be voting for in May? Uh, first of all, the date... Um, for the election is May 6th and early voting is most likely going to begin April 24th to May 2nd. Again, if you haven't registered to vote, I highly urge you all to do so. I believe the deadline to register to vote for the city council elections is April 6th. Again, if you already voted in, um, the pres excuse me, in the presidential race, you don't need to register to vote again. You're already registered unless you have moved recently. And if that's the case, then you do need to register to vote, and you should do that ASAP. Uh, if you check out my website, www.yzeptx.com, um, I will have a link there for you to register to vote. It'll be in the voter info tab. All right, so who all it will be running for election? Um, if you live in the city of Dallas, every spot in the Dallas City Council um, will be up for a vote. In Arlington, the mayor will also be up for a vote. They will also probably have um, some bonds which you will be voting on. New mayors will also be chosen in Addison, Frisco, and McKinney. Um, Frisco will also be having their own um, election for city council members. Same with McKinney, same with Addison as well. Uh, Richardson will elect their full seven member city council as well. Uh, Garland, Mesquite, and Rockwall. Uh, the mayor will also be decided in a majority of their city council. Uh, in Plano, a four-year term for mayor and three council seats will be on the Plano ballot. In Irving, the mayor and two council seats will be on the ballot as well. Uh, you should also note that the Irving of mayor is one of the ladies and one of the first people to um, have like an anti-Sharia ordinance uh, become passed. It was something that she really advocated for. So I know the Irving population has a very large Muslim and South Asian population. It would be in your best interest to go out and vote in the mayoral race. Uh, 
and make sure to get your voices heard. Maybe you're curious as to how to get involved. Um, you can Google and try and find the people who are running for office uh, for the city council race and ask if you can block walk for them, uh, you know, make phone calls and really get yourself involved in the process and make sure that you know you can try and find a candidate that uh, you feel would be very beneficial to the South Asian and Muslim community. And uh, moving on, Allen will also vote for a mayor and a council seat on their ballot. So for those major cities, uh, that's what's pretty much going to be with regards to city council and mayoral races. Some of you may also be dealing with school board races as well, and um, that's something for you all to uh, make sure to also wise up on. I'm sure Dallas Morning News, um, and if you're living in Houston, Austin, when it comes closer to election time, will post um, who they recommend, um, and they'll have these editorials, and sometimes some places will post like a question that they asked each candidate and they gave answers to, um, I will definitely be posting that information on um, Wise Up as well. Either it's on the webpage, on Twitter, or also on Facebook. So make sure you be on the lookout for that. Last but not least, I wanted to add some exciting news that we have a lot of South Asians running for office, which is extremely exciting. Um, it's, you know, showcasing that we are really trying to become involved and really make a um, stance that we are here in this community and to get to know us. So in case you're wondering as to what their names are, they are going to be in the city of Plano and Bacchus is running for city council. In the city of Frisco, Katie Warrock is running for city council of Frisco. Uh, in Murphy, Owe Siddiqui is running for city council in Murphy. In Richardson, Kasha Friaz is running for city council in Richardson. In Ulis, we have Salman Bojani uh, for city council. In Arlington, we have Gulam Samdani running also for city council. And in Allen, we have Tabassum Ahmed that's also running for city council. Uh, Radio Azad will definitely be conducting some interviews um, with many of these candidates. So if you all hear of anyone else, please do let us know. We would love to get the name out there and get the recognition out there. And again, if you live in any one of these cities, you know, contact them in their campaigns and talk to them about, you know, you can put a sign up in your window. Uh, you can put it up in your front yard. This is a time to be involved. This is not the time to stay silent. Uh, this is a time to really utilize your voice. And I really hope that you will do so. This is incredible, absolutely incredible that we have so many South Asians that are wanting to run for office, that are wanting to get our voices heard. And this is really the time for you to be supportive of our community. So please, please, please really try and help these people out. I highly recommend for you all to um, check out their campaign websites. I will post them on Wise Up um, by the end of the day today and, you know, reach out to them and be like, hey, you know, I want to donate to your campaign. I want to help out, block walk, make phone calls, distribute pamphlets. I mean, whatever help they need, try and take some of your time to do so. It It'll, it can only take a few hours in a week. That's all you need to really give, and it will help them out immensely. So if you're out there and you're upset with the way the government is, and yeah, maybe you can't change things on a federal level, but you can definitely do something on a local level, and that's what's going to impact you the most. All of these people, if they get elected, will impact you more in a day-to-day -day life than President Donald Trump will. I can assure you that much. So please get out there. First, make sure you're registered to vote to help start campaigning for these people because they 
greatly need your help and this is our community we need to make sure that we flourish that we're protected and I really hope you all will really do something about it and get out and vote and make a difference alright folks that's the segment for today I hope you all enjoyed it and will be really considering to wise up on those that are running for city council and mayor in your city and hometown um, don't forget to check out my website. It's www.wiseuptx.com. You can also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My handle is wiseuptx. And don't forget, everybody, get educated, get wiser, and start giving a hoot. Until next time.